Hello, I'm Jason Ball, and this is Friends with Friends, the podcast where we explore all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends, all one at a time. And I could not do it alone, so I brought my friends, Jackie and Vanessa. Say hello. Hi, I'm Jackie Rodriguez, and I am the Ultimate Friends fan. I love this show. It is my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Vanessa Martinez, and I'm a newbie at Friends, watching it for the very first time. All right, let's do it. (laughs) This is the 10th episode, uh, The One with the Monkey, premiered on December 15th, 1994, to 19.9 million viewers. Jack, give us an overview of this one. Yes, Ross gets a pet monkey named Marcel. Um, This one takes place over New Year's Eve. The gangs make a pact about not having a New Year's Eve kiss, but then they all break it. And then Phoebe starts dating physicist David, who is a big part in her love life and story throughout the series. Okay, so a couple of things. I think it's weird to do a New Year's Eve episode on December 15th. Did they (laughs) forget about Christmas? That's no, what I was wondering too. <laughs> I was a little offended there was no Christmas episode, and I felt we were gypped. <laughs> I know. I wonder if it was like uh, they originally were going to plan it later, and they were going to skip December, or I don't know. It was. It's interesting that on December fifteenth they were already doing New Year's. And yeah. by the way, New Year's. I said in the last episode that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. New Year's Eve is my least favorite holiday. Why is that? Because it's like. It's there's too much pressure on it, too much pressure to have a good time. You know, it's a bunch of amateurs out drinking, and they don't need to be doing it. It's like two party. You you feel just like Chandler does, and the friends do in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so much pressure. I think that's true. There is like so much. What are you doing tonight? Ooh, I'm gonna go here, and then you know you're thinking about what you're gonna do, and it's like, well. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think one of the <laughs> best New Year's that I had was we were sitting on the ca- couch watching Ryan Seacrest doing his New Year's show, the Dick Clark uh, New Year's Eve oh. show. And we were just sitting on the couch with a glass of champagne. And it was so nice because we had no traffic and we went right to bed after that. <laughs> <laughs> See, and for me, this past New Year's, I was in Madrid looking over the main plaza called Puerta del Sol and uh, like on a balcony overlooking like thousands and thousands of people. So I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> it's like my best New Year's was this last one. <laughs> well, are you fancy? That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it though, but you still have the pressure of like, who are you going to kiss at midnight? Who are you going to kiss at midnight? And I don't, I, I did the like random ones and my 20s but in my 30s i'm like no i don't need to find somebody i i want to be meaningful for my next one so i haven't had a midnight kiss in a long time <laughs> oh, i'm sure that's going to change this year. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> we'll see. We'll speaking see. of kisses i really liked how phoebe and david were so in love it was like the perfect mixture of you know super geeky guy mm-hmm. and phoebe who is just out of the box and it was just so cute. Yes, they, I, they're perfect together. Hank Azaria, who's been done a million other things, interesting character <laughs> actor. Uh, yeah, I thought there was a very uh, interesting dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, I liked it. Sexy nerds. Yes, I think it was very cute. I I like them too. They're so opposite. And um, Hank Azaria actually. Um, he was going to, he auditioned for the Joey Tribbiana role. 
Joby Trigiani, and he didn't get it. And it's he said he was quoted saying, "It was the only job I begged for. I knew it was going to be huge." And Hank Azaria and Matthew Perry are actually childhood friends. And so when Matthew Perry got the role for Chandler, he was very jealous of him. <laughs> well, he was married to Helen Hunt at that time too, right? Hank Azaria was. I oh, I so. didn't. She was on Mad About You, which was the lead yeah. for. Uh, Ah. Either way, I feel like Hink's area is doing really well. I mean, voicing several voices on The Simpsons, Simpsons. plus doing other shows. Oh my gosh, he has! I can't even imagine how much money he's made off of The Simpsons. Simpsons yeah, right? <laughs> and I like I like that the relationship went for um, David and Phoebe were the highlight for me in this episode because you finally see Phoebe just not with a guy, random guy. This is a guy that she truly falls for. And mm -hmm. you think like how long like the relationship is. It's like only like two, three weeks, but they really do fall for each other. And it's so sweet. It's just very, he's such a nervous nerd. Like when he's explaining to her how he's going to kiss her. <laughs> I just thought hey. that was so cute. And then the, the, his um, partner, Mac, Max, Max, yeah, Max. Well, that's an interesting dynamic and interesting triangle because when they are going to go off to Minsk, and then Max says, "Oh, he'd rather stay here and kiss his girlfriend." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, you know, I think if I recall correctly, this is the first time we actually see Phoebe perform in the cafe because a blackout happened in a previous mm -hmm. episode, and you know, Phoebe's getting ready to perform and she's super excited, and then she gets interrupted and she goes, "Excuse me," you know, <laughs> you have something to say, you might as well say it to everyone. <laughs> and then, you know, David so. professes his like for Phoebe, and it all starts. And yeah. then she completely changes her tune. <laughs> exactly. She's like, oh, well, if you're interested, you know. <laughs> you know, I'll be. <laughs> and Chandler with his line, I think she's going home with more than a note. <laughs> yeah. I like to, oh, so in this episode, they have a path to not have any dates, but then they all break it. And who does Chandler bring? Oh, Janice. My <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he just like he was like I got nervous and 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 bringing her and it's the second time we see her over several more times and she's so excited for it and her outfit her dress it's just so her it's like a a Barbie doll dress you know with like big ruffles and it's just crazy and mind you she brings her her camera to document uh -huh. and have photos of her and Chandler. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think she's so good in this episode and just so funny. And when she, Monica offers the food, I don't, you know, don't even tell me what's in the diet sucks tomorrow. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then so speaking of dates, who does Monica bring? Fun Bobby. And I love that fun Bobby. Isn't is fun at fun? all. <laughs> no. His grandfather just died. Yeah. So Fun Bobby is actually, his name, real name is Vincent Ventresca. And he mm -hmm. was in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which starred Lisa Kudrow. Oh. So I wonder if, you know, that's why. Who you know. Yeah, who you know. And then since we're on a roll with uh, Lisa, Lisa actually... Um, received her first Emmy nomination for this episode as well, along with the episode of the one with two part, two parts, part, part one. one. Yeah. Oh That's yeah. That's yeah. Cool. But she unfortunately lost to Christine Baranski who starred as Marianne uh, thrown in Sybil. 
who was fantastic in that show. Christine Baranski. Yeah. <laughs> Christine Baranski so good. And but, we yeah. finally find out how Phoebe is able to break up with people and it'd be okay. She I teaches uh, David how to break up with her. Yeah, that was the sweetest part of the monologue mm -hmm. or or the breakup. Yeah, it was just she's saying, tell him. She's kind of telling him, you know, how to kiss her, how to break up with her. <laughs> like she's 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 definitely wearing the pants in this relationship. Well, he's naive. He's yeah. a scientist, for goodness sake. <laughs> he spends his time in the lab, you know. Not right. many women will go in there <laughs> except for Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, changing topics just a little bit. Did you guys see in a quick little scene where Joey, who's who he brought his own date, you know, went off with Max to canoodle yeah. in the bedroom. Um, and Joey, you can kind of see his, a little bit of his parenting skills as he is tucking in her kids, you know, mm -hmm. on the couch as they fall asleep. And I thought that was just a, a sweet little moment uh, that we see of Joey. Oh, that yeah. is mm -hmm. definitely. He's a, he's, a, he's a family guy. He loves family and kids and all that. So it's interesting that you know he's such a single single guy too at the same time. Yeah, and I like and I I read too that the creators like he comes off as like this machismo guy, but he's really like a teddy bear and soft inside because like you can't have Matt LeBlanc told the um, creators you can't have. Um, Joey hitting on these girls every single episode because they wouldn't talk to him. Like if you got hit on by a friend constantly, you wouldn't constantly hang out with him. So right. Matt LeBlanc came to them and said, no, he can't be doing this every time. You can still have him. You can still have Joey, you know, like hooking up with all these girls and be like the womanizer, but he, there has to be more depth to him. And that was what Matt LeBlanc came to them with. And they all agreed and he played it off well, you know, because he does have these sweet moments with everybody. And and uh, even you know, like you like you mentioned, the kids in this episode. And then he kisses Chandler at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody kisses. Kiss. <laughs> That's all he wants. <laughs> somebody kiss me. Somebody kiss me. <laughs> I love okay. it so good. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the theme song that was not to be. Thank goodness. <laughs> and uh, what else do we talk about when we get back? Marcel. Marcel, yes. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we are back talking about the first New Year's Eve episode again. New Year's Eve, not my favorite holiday. Too much pressure, <laughs> standard trouble. But I have a question. Who has a pet monkey? I know. I thought that was so strange. And the monkey, like, why? Why a monkey? Right, it just came out of nowhere. Totally came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Ross said his friend saved it from a lab. But still, like, I don't know many people who have monkeys or pigs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> In the city. And you know what's funny is they reference that. Um, they reference what we're asking later in the season when Ross says, yeah, remember when I had a monkey? What was I thinking? <laughs> well, I mean, it shows that Ross is very lonely because he's trying to not just, it, it's his roommate. He's trying to have a relationship with this, you know, this monkey. And so it really does show how, 
how lonely he is. Yeah, and he but he tries to play it off. Like he tries to play it off with his friends. That's like you know I think you get to an age where roommates aren't a thing. Right. <laughs> I was curious to find out how old uh, Marcel is. And is Marcel still alive? Yes, he's in yeah. his mid to late or he or she's in his mid to late twenties. So Marcel's name is Kate, and she is still alive. Because I met her last year when I went to the one in Vegas with Warner Brothers. When um, left, I got an invite for media to fly on a, a Jet Suite X friend's jet. And I, they had this whole pop-up in Las Vegas. And Marcel was part of the pop-up. And you so she's still Marcel. alive. She's still alive. Met Marcel. And there she is. You have a picture of Marcel. Okay, we'll have to post that for sure. Yeah. How cute is that? Did yes. Katie, Kate, what was Kate? Kate, did she get on your shoulders? No, I was a little nervous because I didn't, you know, the trainer was with her um, throughout in the Central Park. So they recreated Central Park, made out of logos, a life-size set. And so she was there hanging out and she looked aged in her eyes. You know, she's in her, she's 28. And so <laughs> she must have been really like a young monkey when she filmed Friends. But I didn't have yeah, her. Um, yeah, I think so. I she's appeared in other things. I need to look up where, but she she is still an actress, and um, it's still the the trainer has been with her for years. I wonder so. if she's getting royalties for this or anything. Like I'm that. not sure. <laughs> she but should like, be. It was cool because I saw the trainer just like do these tiny little moves of like snaps or just like pointing, and Marcel would listen completely. Really? <laughs> or Kate would listen. Sorry, <laughs> Kate would listen. So it's a well-trained monkey. That's interesting. Huh. Funny. Okay, so at the opening of the uh, New Year's Eve party scene, they open the scene with "Shiny Happy People" by REM. And there's a, I found an interview where Michael Stipe, the lead singer for R.E.M., says that the producers came to them and wanted to use Shiny Happy People as the theme song for Friends. And R.E.M. said no. So then they went to the Rembrandts and said, can you write an R.E.M. song? Oh, oh. wow. Why did they say no? I just think they just didn't want to license it because it, 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 it came out like in 91, I think. So it was a couple of yeah. years old. And... You know, they're they're kooky anyway. Michael Sipes a kook. I mean, I love him. I love the band and all that. But I can't even, I love that song, but I can't imagine it as the theme song for Friends when, you know, the friend, the Rembrandt song is perfect. Yes. Ask for a better song. But it's interesting yeah. they still used it, you know, on episode number 10. Yeah. Yeah, I like, uh, I can't imagine Friends without without the Rembrandt's. Without that theme song, and when I went to Vegas for that pop-up, the Rembrandts played as well. So like it was surreal. I'm just standing there, and they're playing the song, and I'm like, "Is this really happening?" It's like Marcel. I met Marcel, and then I'm watching the Rembrandts play this song, and the whole the whole crowd that was there uh, at the pop-up was just so excited for it, and like jumping up and down. Yeah. And I just can't imagine any other theme song for Friends. Yeah, but I wonder how many like versions of the song they had to write before they actually decided on what song to pick. Yeah. 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 They and the um the creators also like wrote with them as well. You know, oh, like this cool one and everything. So they went to the Rembrandts and they all collaborated for the theme song. So and I like the music video too. It's you know all the friends cast in the music video. So it was uh, the lead singer for the Rembrandt said that he made enough money off that that song to put his kids through college, but not quite enough yet to retire on. 
but I don't know. I think he <laughs> get any money off of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I mean it's it's so iconic. You hear you hear the first notes and you know exactly what it is. And there's been a discussion if it's four claps or five claps. Like everybody always argues about that. I think it's four. People think it's five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like four and a half. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, this could be a whole podcast discussion. <laughs> Over the same song for sure. Thinking, you know, that's a classic song, but talking about classic TV shows, uh, Dick Clark's Rocking uh, the Countdown was mm-hmm. featured in this episode, and it continues on. You know, they, they feature somewhat of a, or popular shows. Iconic TV shows. Iconic TV shows, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a part of everyone's New Year's Eve. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I watch Ryan Seacrest now. I watched Dick Clark growing up, so that's the only one I watch. (laughs) Have you ever been to New York for Times Square for New Year's Eve? No, so I've been to New York. So, like two years ago, I went to my friend lives in Brooklyn and I went for New Year's Eve, but I didn't go to Times Square. I went um, early New Year's. the day before New Year's Eve on the 30th, and I was I saw the ball for 2019. Um, so I look up and I see I saw the ball in Times Square. It was cool because I nobody was there yet, but I was just kind of thinking like this is gonna be packed. But I didn't I didn't stay there in Times Square. We ended up Brooklyn in a in a bar. So it was it was cool though to see the ball, look up and see it's there, and that's that's it. <laughs> when I went to New York this past December, they had the uh, the numbers, the 2020 numbers on the floor, and they were letting people take pictures with them. So my husband and I have a picture with the 20 numbers, um, but we didn't go for New Year's or anything like that. I don't think I planned to go only because my cousin went and he said he's one and done. Um, He couldn't leave, couldn't use a restroom all day and Mm -hmm. it was freezing. So he's like, it was a great experience, never again. (laughs) Yeah, we went and we were were in uh, Times Square on New Year's Eve, like in the eve, early after, late afternoon, and we almost got trapped inside of that where you couldn't leave, and we were like, just kept like, kept going west to try to get around it because our friend <laughs> lived on the Upper West Side, so we were trying to get get up there, but we finally got it because we did not want to get trapped in. No. Inside of that. I mean, <laughs> it's lovely and all that, but it's not not for me. I would I would like to do like one of those hotel rooms that are overlooking Times Square or like an office building, you know, that would be my bucket list. You got a there. side, Jackie. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do it, but you know, who knows? All right. Uh, favorite lines. My favorite line would have to be Phoebe's line to David when they are breaking up and she goes, and then, and then you can say it's almost midnight. And you have to go because you don't want to start the new year with me if you can't finish it. Oh, Aww. I know. I liked that. That was my my favorite um, line in there as well. She goes, I'm going to miss you, you scientist guy. <laughs> that was so yeah. sweet. Another, another one of my favorite lines was uh, when Chandler says, look, that monkey has a Ross on his ass. Chandler's <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. I like it. They cut to him and He's talking to the girl at the party and he says, then the peacock bit me. Please kiss me at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) So desperate in this. I think it is that holiday thing with him. Mm -hmm. There's so much pressure on these holidays and they always disappoint to him and he just can't take it. All right. That was fun. 
Coming up on this episode, speaking of Chandler, we meet Mrs. Bing. Yes! Uh, <laughs> episode, and Morgan Fairchild, who plays her, is you know, such, a, such a sex symbol of the 80s, so it's, uh, it was fun that they cast her, too, so we'll talk all about that next time. If you like this episode, please subscribe, give us five-star ratings, leave nice comments, and follow us on Instagram, Jackie. Yes, follow us at Friends with Friends Podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye.